Yeah. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome to the Divot Room. It's episode one. I'm Chris, and with me, as always will be, is the Todd. Here he is. What's up, Todd? How you doing, buddy? Doing great, Chris. Thank you for the introduction. It's really uh that's special. I mean it's the least I could do for a great friend like you, Todd. I appreciate it. Um very exciting. Got here early for hair and makeup, but your daughter said there was there was none. Yeah. So that's it's okay. Maybe next time. Okay. So Todd and I are on an adventure right now. We are uh, adventuring through the world of podcasting. We are the Divot Room. This is a golf podcast. We know you'll like it, and we hope you'll like it, because we're committed to being able to bring you some cool stuff about the world of golf, PGA Tour, and and anything and everything that we want to talk about. So quick introduction of ourselves. My name is Chris. I've been playing golf since I was 10. I'm 44 years old, so do the math. I learned golf from my grandpa. He taught me a lot about course management, uh, the rules, and he taught me a lot about just etiquette on the golf course. Fell in love with the game. Uh, I've caddied, love to caddy, and most of all, though, in my real life, I love being a daddy. So I have two kids. And they are uh, amazing, and they are my life. Todd, what about you, buddy? Well, I also love golf, and I've been playing since I was nine. So I got oh, you beat me. I got you by one. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I learned in uh, Grants Pass, home of the cavemen. Let's go, cavemen! Um, Yeah, Uh, from my grandpa also, who was a, a huge golfer. Him and his wife, my grandma June. Rest in peace in heaven. Um, so he showed me how to play golf, and he had a garage full of clubs. So when we were kids, you got clubs. Nobody cut them down. Nobody gave you new grips. They were butter knives, impossible to hit. So I was terrible. And I looked terrible because I wore my grandma's shoe with the spikes and the, and the flap. And it, it, was a, it was a nightmare. And... But I've loved it ever since. And I remember when I met my wife, Babykins, we we used to have kind of a struggle, a power struggle of, you know, why I play golf so much. And I said, listen, it's somebody told you you could only paint three days a week. What do you think? Because she's a, she's an artist and a great artist. And it really hit home. And she's like, okay, I get it. And now, you know, it's it's just we've, we've figured it out and how to have our relationship and with each other and a golf relationship. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Golf's a great game. We got to get it in, right? Yep. Got to be around it. We like watching it. We like playing it. So let's get right into it, Todd. We want to talk some current news. So right now uh, it's Players Championship Week uh, in Ponte Vedra Beach, the Players Championship presented by <laughs> nice. the PGA Tour. <clears throat> So Brooks Kepka withdraw from the Players Championship uh, reported right knee injury. Do you think he did that because he was really pissed that Tiger stole his thunder and like, uh, my knee hurts. I I I want I I don't, I'm tired of Tiger always upstaging me. I know I was supposed to to win this week, the favorite, but. 
I'm I'm not playing. My my knee hurts. A little bit of a crybaby is that what you're thinking? Well, yeah, he he likes to act tough and what have you, but well, he is tough. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, he. Uh, uh, I know he's, he seems like he's been struggling and right, right knee injury or whatever. Uh, he did win just a few weeks ago in Phoenix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's toughen it, up. It, well, it's a new injury, right? I mean, I don't think it was injured when he was playing in Phoenix. You don't think but, it was, he but, made it up, but well, but then he was talking about neck spasms and all that other stuff. So I think he's just got some stuff going on, right? He's an athlete. I mean, I think the guy's a little bit of, a little bit broken. Mm-hmm. Like he's a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he, he's a little bit broken. He's got some, some aches and pains here and there. And to withdraw from the players, it has to be a pretty big decision though. Don't you think? Yeah. And possibly maybe he got a little, you know, he, he was hitting balls at the range off the mat and he started hitting them off the hosel. And he's like, Oh shit, I'm not going to the TPC. There's so much water and sand. Fuck it. Ah, my knee. I'm out. But that's just, I, you know, I don't have any proof or anything. It's just, it's, it's I'm just, you know, speculation. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like I need to take that slightly personally. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> because I just went to the rage and started hitting him off the hustle. <laughs> so. So I I guess I kind of know how he feels if that's the, if that's the truth. Don't ever hit balls off mats. No, it's horrible. Oh, but yeah. I just got this new set of golf clubs and I was so excited to go out and try them. What'd you get? I got the uh, tailor made P seven seventies. Amazing. Oh, they look beautiful, and no, they felt great when I was able to make contact. But for some reason, whenever I hit the range and hitting off mats, I just get. I know you're not supposed to say it, but you know what? I'm not good. So I had the shanks. Hey, anytime I go to a pro-am and I see a mat, I don't go anywhere near it. Yeah. No, that's good advice. That's good advice. Um, But sometimes we don't have options up here in the great Northwest. Speaking of right knee, what's going on with Tiger? Uh, So clearly he got in a car wreck. Yeah. Um, Last reports I saw was that some bystander that was the first one to get on scene there. He was, he found Tiger and Tiger was unresponsive. Uh, Tiger also told the doctors that he doesn't remember the accident. Now you can also not lose consciousness and still not remember the accident, but Tiger's in the hospital. Still I'm assuming, uh, I'm assuming he's going to have to go through some in, inpatient rehab. Uh, although he does have quite a bit of money. So I suppose he could probably do it from home. So he got a rod in his right tibia. Did he? That's why that's what okay. I've heard. Okay. And that's, you know, we're just reporting facts here. That's all we do. So yeah. <laughs> should we put out a disclaimer if we're wrong, don't sue us. We don't have anything. Yeah. We report facts, but we also might assume stuff like maybe Brooks Kepka shanking it off the mats. <laughs> right. He can't he can't hold that against us. Yeah, we're just having fun here, people. Yeah. Um so I I'm kind of surprised he's not out of the hospital to be Perfectly honest, because I have a friend that did that same thing in a snowstorm, caught it between the railing and a, the stairs going down. Yeah. Got a rod, and it seems like they got him the hell out of the hospital pretty quickly. Yeah, he might be out of the hospital. I really don't know. Uh, there's been, They've been super quiet, right? I mean, yeah. Tiger's boat's name is the is privacy. Mm. He likes privacy. Yeah. So uh, I do know uh, that he 
you know, is certainly communicating with some of the other players out there. So he's certainly probably a sound mind. And mm-hmm. Didn't everybody wear red shirts? They did on Sunday. It, it was awfully cute. It was cute. Uh, everybody, was, but um, uh, several. Yeah. It wasn't just everybody, but yeah, okay. There, there was. It was a Nike thing, right? And you can argue whether or not it was a publicity stunt by Nike. Whatever. I think it was a good gesture. Uh, I think it was something that to honor a guy that has done so much for the game. Oh yeah, everybody should be kissing his hairy beanbag. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you play golf and as a professional, yes. I mean, what was the the purse last week was one point seven to the winner, a million dollars if you you know shit the bed at the end of the day, right? So that's pretty good compared to what the girls make. That is pretty good compared to what the girls make. I think that's a whole another podcast. I don't know if we want to get into that. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. You're, when you're right, you're right. But yeah, I think the winner of the LPGA event in, <clears throat> I don't know, but it was like 258 yeah. to the winner. Yeah. You shoot a, you know, 85 on Sunday at the, at the TPC, you probably get 258. Oh, I'm sure you do. Yeah, highest person uh all the PGA Tour. I guess we'll get to that purse later, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Do you know it? The purse? Uh for the players? Yeah. Fifteen million. <sighs> Winner gets two point five million of that. Mm, wow. Yeah. So in lighter news, uh last week, uh Ricky Fowler, who's struggling, mind you, mm. took the tee on Saturday morning. At the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill, presented by MasterCard. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Up next, Ricky Flower. Mm. Did you see his expression? He took it like a champ. Did he wave? <laughs> I, I, I don't or did know. he look over his shoulder like looking for a guy named Ricky Flower? <laughs> right. That's what I would have done. <sighs> I yeah. bet you know, the guy was mortified, whoever the starter was. Oh, I'm sure he was. I'm sure. Well, or was he? Yeah. <laughs> Good point. It is Florida. It is. Yes. I really hope Ricky turns around. He's one of my favorite players out there. Absolutely. He's fun to watch. He's fun to just see interact with the people. Uh, people give him a hard time. I know Nick Faldo gave him a hard time for, you know, maybe this way you can be in more commercials. Apparently that was kicking a guy when he's down. Apparently that was his way of motivating Ricky. Apparently that's what his comeback statement was. But, but yeah, I just hope that Ricky can turn it around. Maybe it's this week. I mean, he's won here before at the players, so it could, it could be, it could be, I don't know how, how playing at that level, not having your a game and trying to get it back. I don't know how that feels. I, 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 he should, I never have my A games. So. He should stop hitting balls off mats. Yeah, I think so. Maybe when he goes back home, he should just stop hitting off mats. I don't give him any chance. I give him zero chance to be in the top 20. Zero. Well, he made the cut last week. Do you give him a chance to make the cut? Thank God. And then he went out and shot a 75 and a 76. Speaking of which, in current news... Do you know who didn't make the cut last week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational <laughs> at Bay Hill presented I, by MasterCard? I do. Well, there's several of them, but who 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 missed it by a shot? Patrick Reed. Yeah. I'm just going to stop there. Yeah. We're happy about that for those listening in this room. We're happy that Patrick Reed missed the cut. Because he's a fucking cheater. 
Yes. Yeah. All right, Ty, let's get into it. Let's talk about the Players' Championship here. Okay. So it is played at TPC Sawgrass Stadium Course in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. Par? 71. Nope. 72. Yes. <laughs> Good guess. Uh, total distance, I don't I don't know if this is what they play, but it's 7,189 yards. Uh, Bermuda Fairway and Rough, Bermuda Greens. Do you know the course designer, Todd? Is it Buddy Mason? Uh, no. He, he, he designed the great Widgee Creek in uh, oh. Central Oregon. Oh, okay. It was not him. Okay. Was it, it's, was it Pete Dye? It was Pete Dye. Wow. Gosh, you're good. Nice job. Uh, the course doesn't necessarily favor one type of player over the other. Uh, it's just a great challenge. It's got uh, you got to hit it off the tee well. You got to hit your irons well. All sorts of types of players have won here, mm. so it's not just the bombers' course. It's not. I mean, anybody can win. Can you name soccer. one short hitter that's won there? I knew. Apparently, I'm not prepared. I need a list of uh, champions. Uh, Justin Leonard did he win there? God, he sure acts like he did. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. He, yeah, he, uh, him, him, and Jaime talk about it. Oh a lot. God, yeah, they just love, they just love it. Um, so you well, know, back in the you know back when they were all short hitters, right? Well, yeah, but in in recent people. times, Siwoo Kim is he a bomber? Dude, you're asking the wrong guy. I don't think he is. You're not supposed to know a lot about golf. I don't know much about Siwoo Kim. Yeah, you know what? I don't see anybody here that's, you know, overpowered courses other than... Well, is, is Ricky Fowler a bomber? I think it is. I think his average is over 300 yards driving. <clears throat> and so I guess I'm talking about guys that only hit at 280. Yeah. Short knockers. So of, of recent time, who's, yeah. who's won? Do you have the list there? Yeah, I do. Okay. Go, we, go 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 down the list. We got uh, starting in 2009. There wasn't a tournament in 2020. Well, who Hideki Matsuyama, I believe, was which really after pissed, day one. You know, and what we're going to be talking about is is our picks later. Yeah. And every year, uh, we I'm a gambler. I love to gamble. I love yeah. to gamble on golf when I'm playing golf. Who's going to win golf? And last in, year, in a responsible way. Absolutely. Yes. Not enough that if I win, I'll get rich, or if I lose, I go poor. It's just to right. have a little action. It's just a little fun. Yeah. But last year, one of my golfers that I picked was Hideki Matsuyama. And then COVID. Oh, yeah. COVID took that away from just, me. Just, I, I was so sad for that. It was on a number of reasons. I you know, Thursday, they played. Thursday night, they said no fans. Friday morning, they said it's done. So, but... uh Talking about the winners, Rory McIlroy, okay. Webb Simpson. Si both, both bombers. Yeah, they both can hit it good. Siwoo Kim, not sure. Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Martin Keimer, Tiger Woods, Matt Kuchar, KJ Joy, Tim Clark. Oh, uh, there you go. There you go, 2010. Little guy. Little guy. Fred Funk, 2005. Yeah, wow. I remember that year. Shot a 279. Hmm. Yeah, and Justin Leonard did win it in 1998. Okay, there you there have you it. There you go. So so it pays to be just on your A game. Yeah. You don't have to be a bomber. It's going to be tough to hit out of the rough. It's going to be tough to hit those greens. 
It's just a tough, tough test. And that's why it's played there. I yeah. mean, it's the greatest field in all of golf. Uh, for sure. It, it's a great tournament to look forward. And there's lots of drama yep. down the stretch oh, yeah. with those with those holes. That's one of the, the – Sawgrass is one of those courses that's kind of on my bucket list. But I think the Players' Championship is probably one of those tournaments that's on my bucket list to go to. Mm-hmm. You just park it at 17. And just watch the Island Green, probably the the most recognizable hole in all of golf. Mm-hmm. Arguably, I guess. I mean, somebody can argue it, but if you're not a golf fan, you probably have seen that hole. Oh yeah, everybody knows time. seventeen. Uh, <clears throat> what do you think it costs to play there? Uh, and can I, you can you just go on golf now and make a tea time? I, I don't know about golf now, but yes, you can. I do. I do know that it's uh, the public can access this golf course for a cool. I want to say like five hundred and twenty-five dollars. I am eighteen that's, holes. That's pretty good. Four fifty, and that, then peak is season a, is six hundred. So when's peak four, season? Uh, Not hurricanes. Well, it's Florida, so I mean, is it going to be July and August, or is it going to be more like March, April ish? When is hurricane season? Probably September, yeah. October. Yeah, so it's probably springtime. Yeah, so they probably do have just graduated rates. So probably March is probably expensive. I mean, either way, if I play it, it's just going to be one time. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and you want to play good, right? Well, yeah, I don't want to play bad. <laughs> I probably will. I, I'd be hard-pressed to be able to break 100 there. Although I've played it probably 200 times on Sega Genesis and PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So just course knowledge, I feel like I kind of have it. Yeah, I've if you played it on Tiger Woods Golf yeah. and you play it like Tiger, you can easily I, go low. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe 85. 85. Um, you know, we, you didn't really talk about and I hate to change the subject. No, you're totally fine. They why why is this why is our studio called the Divot Room? That's a great question, Todd. So you and I met 15 years ago, 16 years ago now. Because we worked together, yep, and we started playing golf together, and you invited me out to a course called the Broadmoor out here in Portland, Oregon, out by the airport. And from there, I mean, hit you know the rest was history. I I became a member at the men's club. Uh, we probably were playing three or four times a week together. Kids came around, so my schedule had changed a little bit, so I didn't play as much, but it still stayed out at the Broadmoor, and any time I played, I wanted to play with you, and I wanted to play out at the Broadmoor. The Broadmoor had a restaurant bar called the Divot Room. Mm. So this last, is it October? Yep. This last October, the Broadmoor sold. Mm. Todd might have some details. To the city of Portland? No, it was to a... uh some huge company that warehouses. Okay. So they also bought the <clears throat> Portland Meadows racetrack. They put down a bunch of concrete tilt-ups, a bunch of blacktop, and I don't know if they're storing Amazon boxes right. or what, but then they were going to dump a bunch of dirt from the track and put it over in the backside of the Broadmoor. Okay. So anyways, the Broadmoor shut down last October. It, 
as everything is, you know, all good things must come to an end. It's devastating. It sucks, but it, it happened. And anyways, this is our little way of just kind of carrying on the name of the divot room. We fig- figured maybe if we call this podcast the Broadmoor, it might not catch on. Mm-mm. The divot room is a little bit more golf themed. Well, and it means a lot to us because yeah. there was nothing better than going out to the greatest public track in Portland with the greatest greens, fastest yeah. greens, hard as a rock, play golf there, and then go into the 19th hole, which was the divot room, and you could either sit on the patio and overlook the golf course, or you could sit inside, and which segues, because uh, this, this divot room is, the new divot room is great, because yeah. it's, a, it's, in, uh, it's in Chris's house, and it has a keg. I'm going to go over there and fill up my glass right now. There you go. So, so uh, have at it. So we uh, we we will be broadcasting and recording here from the divot room in my house. We might at some point, depending on how popular you guys want to make us, we might record some video. Who knows? And uh, you might be able to catch a glimpse of what the divot room looks like. So that was a great. Uh, Great kind of shout out to that, Todd. I appreciate you bringing that up. That's awesome. Yeah, you bet. So uh, to continue on with the the Players' Championship presented by the PJ Tour, uh, we touched on this. The purse is $15 million. <laughs> and what's the purse, Todd? Is this like the total amount of money that is handed out to players in prize money? Correct. Okay. Winner does not get $15 million. Winner gets $2.5 million. Largest purse and winnings. Uh, if you look up largest purse on the PJ Tour, you might see the Tour Championship is more, but that's all FedEx Cup and all that kind of stuff. So you're going to see a, a much larger purse. But that's like year-round type of stuff. Who's the reigning champ? Oh, we I, I cheated. And oh, looked, yeah, we did. Yeah, we it was Rory. Okay, I'll I'll test your knowledge then. Who was the runner-up well, in 2019? There's no way. I I can barely remember you know what i did yesterday so as far as runner-ups have no idea jim furick okay there's a guy that contended and can't yeah. hit it out of his shadow with right. his riddle his loopy but swing. he's accurate oh he's solid exactly and i mean he is the prime example of it doesn't matter what your swing looks like as long as you put the club on the ball yep you're good yep and he's and you know Jim Furyk's got the fluff. His his caddy Tiger yeah. Woods old first is he caddy. Still? No, he 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 stopped caddying for him. I think. No, feel like I saw him a couple weeks ago. Oh, maybe I thought there was some big uh, thing on Golf Channel like his last uh, tournament he was caddying. Oh, that's a bummer. Going into retirement, maybe he just does kind of part time stuff. I hope he's I there. He, he might. All right, let's talk the field. Let's talk. Uh, uh, not we're not going to make picks yet, but let's. Okay. Uh, if you have any thoughts and feelings just out there about uh, people coming into this week, how they're playing, uh, just kind of what your opinions are. Um, oh. And with that, I want to f- say a fun fact that no Englishman, that means someone from England, mm. has never won the tournament. And I'll only say that because the runner-up last week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill presented by MasterCard <laughs> was Lee Westwood, who is an Englishman. Good night, Mike. <laughs> or, or or that, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that is a fun fact. And there's a lot of good Englishmen. And 
the, the winner was an Irishman, a northern Irishman, mind yeah. you, from 2019, which is two years ago. Yep. So one of the greatest moments from, you know, you look back at iconic moments at the TPC Sawgrass Players Championship, it's usually a train wreck. You know, you look back when Sergio was tied for the lead, 2015, gets to 17, tied with Tiger, who's in front of him, I believe. Anyways, he went and hit two in the water, and then one in the water on 18 and lost it. But one of my most favorite moments was in 2019, John Rahm, who's considered one of the favorites coming in. He was leading, and he gets to told he gets to hold what was it eleven, twelve, par five. He's in a bunker, and he's got to hook it around some trees, over water, into the wind from two hundred and twenty yards. And his caddy's like, "Uh, uh-uh. take your pitching wedge and hit it out in the middle of the fairway." And John Rum's like, uh, "No." I can do this. And his caddy's like, no, you can't do it. It was this great interaction. And, you know, the announcers, probably Sir Nick Faldo and Azinger, were like, oh, God, listen to these guys. They're going at it. So anyways, uh, the caddy shook his head and handed him an uh, eight iron. And, you know, Rom hit it pretty good, but it was just impossible. And he rinsed. And then he had a bunch of dirty words, and boy, that was a cold reception. But I think ultimately, John Rommel was like, my caddy was right or correct. And uh, so that was one of those fun moments, seeing somebody just blowing it at the end and not thinking clearly. So that's one of my my fun moments from watching it. What about you? Triple Breaker by Tiger Woods on the 17th Mm. grade. Better, better than most? Better than most. How about in? Oh, God. Yeah. Amazing. I Did mean, I think I was watching it live. Most likely. I can't remember, remember what year that was. I'm going to probably say like 2001 or something like that. Did he win that year? You're asking the wrong guy. You're the stats guy. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. No, that, dude, that is the epitome of Tiger Woods in his prime. Mm-hmm. I mean, you step up to anything... I don't know, 15 to 20 feet. You just expected Tiger to make it back then. You step up to that one, you're like, man, I, I just hope he gets it within three feet. Yeah. And he makes it. I think he did win that year. And I think that was when he was on his stretch. Well, I know he won. I just don't know what year it was. Yeah. <clears throat> like just not playing that well. And he's just like, that's, yeah. It might have been the year maybe he did go. Maybe that was the Tiger Slam. We can just, 2001. we can just say he won. He did. Okay. Yeah. There, it was because yeah. of that putt. Yeah. I think Tiger would appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, uh, you know, I don't think he's a friend of the show, but maybe, maybe someday. Oh, for sure. Well, we're not going to talk bad about the guy. Oh, God. Because we no. both love him. Yes. For he's sure. Great for golf. He, he's amazing. Yeah. So going into this week, I mean, clearly you got to talk Bryson DeChambeau. Mm. Again, though, this of course doesn't favor one player or another, but I I haven't really listened to a whole lot of the broadcasts this week. Uh, but I 
got to think there's some holes out there that they're like, hey, we got to watch this. We got to watch that to see what Bryson does. Right. And so he on Monday or Tuesday said, you know, that 18th hole, um, I'm thinking I'm going to hit it left and I'll just have a short pitch in. Well, the the PGA came out today and said uh, anything left of 18 is internal out of bounds. So 18. Yep. It's not grass. Yeah. Water. I guess apparently it left of the water. There's, there's dry ground. Oh, and oh I see. So he was going to go left of the water or just left, just over the left side of it and wow. be, and have a short pitch. And so now they're putting up white stakes. Oh, well, and I, I've seen it. I feel like forest Hills has internal out of bounds. Oh, there's internal out of bounds for sure, and there's internal out of bounds on the PGA Tour in different courses. I don't, I don't know them off the top of my head, but for uh, people's safety, yeah. Uh, wasn't there something in like Hawaii or something, Honolulu? I thought, yes. I thought there was some internal out of bounds there. Yeah, I think that was it because they were on 18. They were just bombing it over some palm trees yeah. into the other fairway. <clears throat> <clears throat> Colin Morikawa, how's he going to fare this week? I think he's going to be good. I think he is too. He's just, he's got no scar tissue. All he does is hit good shots. He's and still limber. He's still young. He's and just good. He And he switched to the claw. Oh, yeah. Which is, for people that don't understand what that is, it's a way of holding your putter. It's normally you would, like, if you were holding a a baseball bat, that's how you normally hold a golf club when you're putting. Well, he's turned his right hand around and is is kind of sawn with it and it's it's unorthodox but man he putted great it looks like you're holding a golf club with a claw with a claw exactly yeah. and yeah. i guess that's why they call it the claw yeah yeah uh, no i like his chances a lot in fact i need to write his name down he might be one of my picks so we're watching the golf channel right now as we're sitting here and justin rose is on the tv so why don't we talk about justin rose and uh I, I like his chances. Interesting. Uh, Englishman, right? Yeah. Um, so he had to withdraw from the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill presented by MasterCard last week. Because <laughs> he hit a shanker out of the bunker and almost he hit, hit a, couple, a car? I believe he hit a couple stinkers. Yeah, I think I saw it. Uh, yeah, I can't remember which hole it was, uh, but he I think he hit a couple in the water. Anyways... I uh, don't remember the excuse. Maybe like a, he, he had like a tight back. Uh, my a, elbow. <laughs> I think it was my that. elbow. Yeah. Rodney Dangerfield style. No, I think it was a sore back. I think he just said, you know, I, I woke up, back was tight, tried to play through it and just couldn't. And, you know, and, you know, these guys, I know that they have so much respect for each other as playing competitors that uh, they feel that if they are hindering their playing partner, they might just withdraw. And there might have been some of that. Yeah. Because Jordan ended up, Jordan Spieth ended up, uh, I could say Jordan because it is a household name, right? No, oh, yeah. And not Michael Jordan. But uh, yeah, Jordan ended up playing by himself. I can't remember which hole uh, Justin ended up withdrawing. I was like six or seven. I can't remember. But Jordan played the rest of the uh, round by himself. And uh, so there there might be something to it. Uh, it takes a lot to withdraw, I would imagine. Well, let's talking about withdrawing i mean like say you're on your way to shooting a 92 
I mean, you'd think he might have come up with a back spasm or something or a bellbow. I don't know who you're talking about. Who, who, who shot Who shot 92? Robert Gomez. Oh, right. That that guy. So what did, he has a pain. Not only did he shoot a 92, but he's got his own damn plaque in the fairway on 18. Yes. Yeah, so the, the great story about this guy is he's played in the the Arnie Palmer Invitational. At Bay Hill, presented by MasterCard. 32 straight years. It, do they get a lifetime exemption if they win? Yeah. So, so that's why. Okay. He, so he holds out in 1991. How old were you in 1991? Do the math. Uh, quick math. 15. 15? Well, I was not quite 15 if it was the same time year. So uh, 14. Yeah. So I, I remember watching it. And he's coming down this stretch with uh, the shark. Yes. Greg Norman. And he holds out from 176 yards. Brilliant. With a seven iron. And he, he says, I was standing there and I was like kind of thinking about cutting a little six in there, but he was all like, I don't, I'm nervous, you know, because they call that final hole at uh, Bay Hill. What do you, what do you call it again? Bay Hill Master. Oh, uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill presented by MasterCard. So that final card is not quite a sponsor of our podcast. Well, in, yet, but. in 1990, it was the Nestle. Oh, yeah. yeah. So anyways, they call 18 devil's bathtub. Scary. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh, this is devil's <laughs> bathtub. What's in it? What kind of soup is devil's bathtub? So anyway, he he holds out, beats the shark. Gets a yeah. lifetime exemption, so every to this tournament, yeah, yeah, so this only tournament. This is yeah. his only claim to fame. And, and at that at, at that point in time in that year, if you won on the PGA Tour, I think you had like a ten year exemption on the PGA Tour. I, I can't say for sure. I thought it was like two years. Well, back so, anyways, I don't want to get too too far de- derailed. I believe when Tiger Woods won his first PGA Tour event, he knew he had to win. He really wanted to win because. It was the last year they were honoring 10-year exemptions for a PJ Tour win, and they were going to move to two. And that was probably, what, 97? Okay. So I think in 1991, Robert Gomez probably earned a 10-year exemption. Oh, God, just security. That could be fake news, folks, but that's what we're saying and sticking to it. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, he gets a lifetime. He he keeps showing up, and he gets older. He gets He gets worse. Yeah. Which I think happened. Tommy Two-Tones, one-hit wonder. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but he did win, I think, three times, which I was surprised to see. Yeah, well, that 10-year exemption, he was around for a long time. I do remember him being around. I don't don't remember what. I think he stopped really playing in 2012, 2005. So he, uh, he keeps getting invited back. And I, I, I wonder if this year... Like he's like, God, fifty-two. I'm really, ha- I'm really struggling right now. But you know what? I got this invite. Goes out on Thursday, shoots a seventy-nine. You or I? Oh man, we'd be tickled with a seventy-nine. Like yes. But he was probably like, no, I, I, I can play better. So he probably goes to Mar Lago. Is Mar Lago near uh, this place? 
Maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, Orlando. No, Marlago is probably for But anyways, he could probably run down there really quick and then stay yeah. the night and then come back. You know, probably had some Arnie Palmers with Winnie Palmer and I don't know, whoever else. And somebody's like, hey, you want to gain some distance? Get these sh- shoes. They're on TV. They're called the squares. And like Sir Nick Faldo said he picked up seven yards. So he probably ordered them, went out there and just hit the ball all over the fucking place. So, goes out, shoots a 47 on the front nine. Solid. I would be happy with that. (laughs) Well, you know, you got room for improvement. So, sure as shit, he does. He shoots a 45 on the back. And then when he's done, normally you go and you look at your scorecard and make sure it's correct. act like a professional. Yep. And that's what you are. You you sign it and boom. He, He decided to go throw his clubs in the trunk, slam it, and got the hell out of there. But that that was <laughs> Robert Gomez, the trunk slammer. So I love it. He found out on Monday, the PGA has decided to stop giving automatic invites, and oh. he was sad. So maybe oh. that's why he shot a trillion. He's like, I'm going to go out in style. Yeah. But he said that Artie Palmer would be rolling over in his grave. If you know, if you watched him shoot ninety two, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whoo, <laughs> oh man, I I don't think we'll see him this week at the Players Championship presented by the PJ Tour. Do you? Nope. Yeah. Do we have anything else to talk about? Uh, I mean, aside from our picks, we'll get to here in a little bit. Do we have anything else to talk about the Players Championship? I mean. Not that I, I know. Anybody, of. anybody that's played Tiger Woods golf has probably played the course several times. Yeah, you know, you know, I guess, I guess not. I wanted to talk. We're going to talk about the last week's, right? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to get into last week's. I want to talk about a couple guys from last week's tournament. So beautiful. Um, let's let's get into uh, the the champion from last week, the Arnold Palmer Invitational Bay Hill, presented by Mastercard, um, Bryson DeChambeau. I got to say this, and you and I texted a little bit back and forth. I, I I wouldn't say I despised the guy. I mean, I despise Patrick Reed. Mm-hmm. Probably the majority of America does. Uh, Bryson is more kind of one of those just quirky guys. You're like, I just, I can't relate to him. Mm-hmm. I'm not a data guy. I'm not a stats guy. I'm just a natural feel golfer. Mm-hmm. More like Freddie Couples. I can't play a lick like Freddie Couples. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, that's who I looked up to when I was a kid. But I got to tell you, I tuned in every day to see what he did on number six, Bryson. Because I am, I am intrigued by this distance. And I get there's a lot of debate out there about rollback and distance and all that kind of stuff. And I, it's, it's not my realm. It's not my place. I really don't care what, what the USGA or the PGA Tour does to, to try to curb all this. The but distance. The, yeah, but the guy's found a system that fits him. And whether or not he you know, gets bound up because he's drinking six protein shakes in, in a day. He's not doing that anymore. What I, what I saw this last week was... <laughs> it almost looked like a 10-year-old kid that almost found the love of the game again. And it was so fun to watch him try to hit this green. And he, I mean, let's just set the stage. So it's a par five, kind of curves around the lake. 
And from tea to green, if you want to go for it on a par five, mind you, I believe the carry is about 370 yards, maybe 360. Yeah. And he said that if it was downwind, he could, he's going to go for it. So <clears throat> Thursday, uh, don't think he went for it. I think the wind was a little weird. Anyways, get to, get to Friday or get to Saturday. It's a 550 yard par five. If you go the, if you go, if you go traditional route, just around the lake, you know, some people cut it a little bit shorter. I mean, there's some guys and you're going in the water. It's a big, big lake. So if you try to, if you try to just get into one, you know, if you have the right line and the right, the right distance, then you're going to do just fine. So he ends up trying to cut this thing all, cut the corner all the way down and, he was getting egged on by the crowd. They wanted to see him go for oh, it. Yeah. The wind was perfect. Conditions were great. There are, they suck a lot of suds there in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 okay. Mm-hmm. We do too here in the day. I don't judge. No. Uh, so he goes for it. And if anybody out there has seen this guy swing, it was the fastest I've ever seen him swing. And he hit it. And as it's in the air... He puts his arms in the air and is just saying, yeah, go, just go. Gave it the full on Hulk. He looked like a 10 year old kid. I mean, I honestly, it was one of those moments that I'm sure it probably irritated. And a lot of people were like, wow, what an arrogant prick. Mm. But it was so amazing. I loved watching it. It just looked like a kid that's like. I've got one objection or objective this week, and that's to drive this green. <laughs> and yeah, I got to respect that. And he was what, like 70? Let's see, I, I, I wrote it down here. So, uh, round one, he drove at 309 yards, puts a huge, and had 206 yards in. Round two, he drove at 327 yards, had 212 yards in. So, that's probably the wind was probably into his face. Yeah. Round three, here we go. He hit at 370 yards. <clears throat> Now he hit into the rough. He he hit it. He had seventy yards in, and then round four he hit it three hundred seventy-seven yards. Had eighty-eight yards in. Now let's just kind of backtrack to round one. He had two hundred six yards in. He still made birdie. In round two he had two hundred twelve yards in. He made par, and then three and four he made birdie on both those days. It's not like I don't think this guy's setting himself up. I don't. I didn't think he thought like, hey, I got to get to there because. I need to make Eagle. I think he just did it to kind of prove something, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. It was cool. Gary Koch said, after he took that swing, he said, Bryson had a follow through like a 16 handicapper. It was, it was wild. It, it was, was wild. slashing, but it was, it was awesome. I loved it too. I was like, I'd do that too. You know? Um, so it, it made me like him a, a, a tad bit more, but then he had to go Bryson. He did. He did, unfortunately. He he was in a bunker, hole 11 on Sunday. And he, eh. He, he, I mean, he just flies it in there from 1,000 yards in the air, and it plugs. Of course it's going to plug, going 180 miles an hour. And he hits it out. Eh. And he goes, ah, where's bunkers on the tour? Right there. So yeah. I told that to Tim Tucker. <clears throat> and I was like, come on, man. And, you know, every club in his bag is the same length. Yeah. Wedges. They're all sand wedges. Are they all the same length of a six iron, like traditional six iron? Six or seven iron. I don't know for sure. We can make it up. What we do here. Yeah. 
Um, so, and somebody was commenting, one of the talking heads there on the golf was saying that hitting a, your wedges that's as long as your six or seven iron, it's, it's, it's more difficult. Yeah. But I mean, he, I'm sure he's practicing, but. <clears throat> so are you rooting for him this week? You know, I, I, he's found a little space in my heart for me, but no, I'm not going to root for him. Uh, I've got other guys that I want to see win. He, he still bugs me a little bit. I mean, just his post round interviews and just the, uh, he, he's, he's still got a lot of maturing to do. Yeah. A lot of growing. I think he's just, I think he's just an awkward guy that's still trying to figure himself out. Um, I think he means well, I think he's a nice human, uh, I just don't. Uh, I think there's just a lot of a lot of maturing there yet. Yeah. Um, but to be honest with you, dude, this distance thing and what he's trying to accomplish on some of these things, r- crazy fun to watch. And this isn't like, you know, like oh, this is great for golf. That, that's not it at all for me. For me, it's just like a one-off. Like some guy's doing something kind of cool, and people are getting on his case about it. But I'm kind of behind him. I'm like, you know what? If this is if this is going to get him 12 to 15 wins on the PJ Tour, more power to you. He's not thinking about losing. When you're talking about having to hit the ball on the face and hit it 370, you're not thinking about rinsing. Right, no. You're trying to win and you're trying to hit the thing as hard as you can. Uh, let's touch on um, Jordan Spieth. Again, in contention. Now, I heard it out there in Twitter land and social media land about choking. Jordan Spieth did not choke. I concur. Jordan Spieth is struggling with his golf game. And what you're witnessing is a professional golfer that has won how many majors and he is trying to find his game again. If you want to talk about Jordan Spieth choking, you're just reporting fake news. Because that is not choking. The guy has been there in packed pressure. He has proven that. He is just trying to find his game for four rounds in a row. And if anybody out there has played golf, you know how hard it is just to play golf for nine holes in a row. Mm-hmm. Try doing that eight times in a row. Yeah. it's uh, Maybe the choke was at the Masters. Oh, what? when he hit the ball? Oh, 12, yeah. absolutely. Dude. I mean, that was the... the I'm not saying he's never choked. Right. But they they want to say since then, yeah. but they forgot that he uh won the British. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After that. So he is certainly has struggled. He'll find it. He'll be back. He'll win several tournaments again. They all go through slumps. It's okay. I think he's been in the top ten three weeks in a row. He finished T four and people are saying he choked. Yeah. He wasn't even in the final group. Yeah, so he's 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 improving. So final group, Bryson DeChambeau and Lee Westwood is good to see him uh in contention. I'm not a huge fan, but I'm anytime I see him, I'm like, Yeah, hey, he's fun to watch. He's yeah, you know, he's very stoic, just kinda goes about his business. He seems like nobody kinda gets in his mind. He just kinda does his own thing. So he uh yeah, he had a birdie putt on 12 from 28 feet for birdie. He made it. Yeah, he put himself in position. He was making putts, man. It was fun to watch. Uh, then, you know, we, th- we think that we're going to see some cool action on 18. Maybe Bryson make par and 
West would make birdie and force a playoff. Thought it would be kind of cool. For sure. Just bombs a driver. Well, I don't know about bomb, but pipes a driver right down the fairway. Lee Westwood does. Ugh. And it's rolling and rolling. And you always see those divots. And we are the divot room. But his nestles right down in the divot. And Todd and I walk up to a shot like that. And we're like, son of a bitch. But pros walk up to a shot like that. And they're, okay. I mean, they're not okay with it. Yeah, it's a crappy lie. But they are better at them than we are. For sure. They're not going to be able to stick it to three feet. They're going to be still be able to put the club on the ball and make it on the green and give themselves a chance. But he certainly would have had a better chance had he had a clean lie clean, you know, Mm -hmm. and we can report on whether or not that rule should be changed. You can bring it out of a divot. Why are you being penalized for somebody that didn't replace their divot? So you're basically getting penalized for somebody else's mishap, right? Mm -hmm. Anyways, he ends up hitting up onto the green, has a huge long putt, ends up making par. It was actually a really good par. Really good two putt. And Bryson ends up going on to to win the tournament. So Westwood, I've got a I've always liked the guy. Um, played at King's Barn in Scotland many years ago with my parents. My wife also, Babykins. Uh, 18th hole at King's Barns. There's a plaque. 240 yards out. It's a two-tiered green. He hold it with a four iron. <laughs> From how far? 240. I remember looking at it. And I three would and maybe get lucky. I couldn't have gone there with a gun. <laughs> I don't care if it's downwind. Maybe I could tee it up and get it there. But then he hit it in the hole. So, uh, yeah, he hasn't... He's been there in majors. I remember at Torrey Pines. I can't remember what year it is, but near the end, he ended up hitting it into that uh, ice plants. U.S. Open? U.S. Open. Hitting the ice plants. Left. Then done. So uh, he's always in contention at the Masters, it seems like, when he's playing in it. Yep. And uh, like you said, putting it together for four days in a row is tough. But uh, uh, I I noticed he had a a, a different caddy. Yeah. It's his fiance. Yeah, his girlfriend. Fiance. Fiance. Helen Story. Yeah. She started caddying for him in 2018. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. He. Lee says to his caddy, you know, take the week off. I'm going to have my, I think it was girlfriend at the time, carry my bag. Yeah. So, and I don't know if he won, but he did well. And he's like, you know what? I'm not paying you anymore. She's free. (laughs) Um, Interesting fact. She's scared of worms. is, (laughs) Is that a true report or is that like you're speculating like, hey, she's free? Well, what what is that about the cow and the milk? My I, my guess is the caddy for Lee Westwood probably was okay and probably found another job. Okay, good. Whew. Um, He's probably doing just fine. So Helen, I this is I read this. I can't quote which publication, but she's scared of worms and divots and doesn't know much about golf. She she's scared of divots with worms in them. Okay. Oh, with worms in them. Gotcha. So I was watching Sunday, and yes, he made a great birdie putt on twelve. One might find it karma then if she doesn't like to pick up divots and replace them. Maybe that's why they ended up in the right because she's oh, like avoided. <laughs> she's not one the to golf. Them. The golf gods got yes. her. GG. So I noticed you pointed out his. Birdie putt on 12 from 28 feet. Well, on 14, he went and three putted from 40. Yeah, it happens. 
no, not when you got a chance to win. And so I was looking at her. And she looked nervous at oh, the end. I, she looked annoyed, kind of almost. Maybe she was pissed because he was he three putted on fourteen. Maybe. But I mean, on what was that sixteen? That par five. He pipes it down the middle. He's got hundred and fifty nine yards in, and uh, Bryson is tucked under a lip. He's yeah. got a layup. Yep. This is and they're tied at the time. He misses the green from 159 and then doesn't get up and down. Are you kidding me? I mean, a good caddy, and this is the importance of paying a caddy and not having a free one. Yes. Because all she does is hand him clubs. You know, he's got Sharpie of how far the distances go on each club. <clears throat> That's no lie. Wow. Just so that everybody's on the same page. But a good caddy's like, okay, we're going big bird. Yeah. 16. We got the, he's in the bunker. We're going to hit the green. We're going to make the putt. Yeah. I think she's just walking along with him, hoping something good would happen. And he are we done yet? Are, 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 are we almost there? <laughs> Can you just hurry up and win this? I don't know. It was. I'm getting tired. My feet hurt. No, gosh, this, I, f I feel bad for even talking like that. Cause she actually, she did a great job. I mean, you watch her walk in and carrying that bag and those bags aren't light. No, no, no she, she did. She did a great job. I mean, she's not, she's just handing him clubs yeah, out. She's not, not she reading doesn't putts. Bring, she doesn't bring in the other side of the caddy job where they actually have some insight into how to play the, that shot and maybe, maybe be a little bit more of a sports psychologist. Maybe they just have an agreement like, Hey, you know what? This is a great time to be able to, sp we, we spend time together and, and and more power to them. You know what? I mean, not all relationships can work mm -hmm. when you're in that environment. I mean, that that's great for them. And if, if that's what Lee Westwood needs, he doesn't need somebody to keep telling him what to do. And she's just there to carry the bag and talk to him about what they're going to go, where they're going to go for dinner and, and their next trip to Hawaii. I, I don't know. And she that, should have been talking about let's, where are we going to dinner tonight? Yeah. Cause it would have gotten his mind off of something. Cause I think just, or where are we going to go to dinner tonight after you win this tournament? Because you're going to go for this green. Yeah. You're going to hit yeah. it in the middle of the green. You're going to make the putt. Yeah. Cause I don't think any of that happened. It sure would have helped. Yeah. So, Yeah. Uh, one other guy I want to talk about from last week, uh, I believe he is the 18-hole leader and 36-hole leader, uh, Corey Connors. Mm -hmm. So he, he coming in, dude, he he had a chance. He eagled 16, and then he ended up going bogey-bogey coming in and finished solo third. I like this guy, Canadian. Got to be friendly, right? They all are. Mm -hmm. I mean, Canadians are probably some of the most friendly people I've ever been around. And he... I remember Corey Connors, I think it was two years ago, because he won, God, I'm not going to be able to remember which tournament he won. However, he... Valero Open. Valero Open, it is. I do remember reading that. He was the Monday qualifier that week. That's awesome. So that just proves that the tournament does start on Monday sometimes. And Corey, Connor, uh, Corey Connors ended up winning the Valero Open as a Monday qualifier in 20... 19 and not only was he a Monday qualifier, but I think he actually got the final spot 17th alternate. Yeah. He got the final spot in the Valero open that year in the Monday qualifying with, he had to go into a playoff after the 18 hole match or 18 hole round. He had to go into a playoff with six other people for one spot. And he ends up grinding it out, get that one spot, 
goes and wins the Valero Open 2019. Guys, guys, solid. He's a solid. I believe he's been on the Presidents Cup team for the internationals. Yeah, the I didn't think he would be there on Sunday. There was uh, Martin Laird and Corey Connors were right there after Friday. I was like, I think Martin Laird will be because he's won recently. He's old enough. He's been there. He can hit it far enough. Has a little baby cut. But no, Martin Laird shit the bed and Corey Connors didn't. And I was impressed. And I I, I like him. Uh, one of the things that when I was watching on Sunday, Azinger, he's kind of a butthole. But he... He makes this comment when Corey is coming down the stretch, and he says, "Paul Azinger says this." Yeah, he says, "Well, Corey Connor's wife is be- beverage free for a minute." I was like, "Whoa!" Oh Uh-oh. gosh! What? What? He actually said that at this tournament. Yeah, I was like, "I gotta go f- see what he's talking." Apparently, when he was in the Valero Open oh. at the very end, uh, Mallory, his wife. Was drinking some white wine and she was nervous. Yeah, absolutely, she was nervous. And you know what? I think it's it's reasonable. But but Azinger, yeah. he got all judgy pants and <laughs> like really, yeah, implying that she's a boozer. Like oh, for a minute, right? Wow, right? Wow. Give me the power, and I will judge. Because we could probably sit here and judge Paul Azinger all day long. I really don't know. I could do some research and look up some cool rumors about Paul Azinger. Well, come he, on, man. He's a ding dong. He also says the butt end of the putter is always aimed at your belly button, unless you're Bryson. <laughs> right. I mean, right. come on. Come on, Azinger. Zinger. Yeah. Anything else we want to talk about from that, dude? Or do we want to go into our. Uh kind of our closing statements here we've got some picks of the week yep we've got some final thoughts and we've got uh what i like to call uh, we've, i've kind of gone through some some names of this little portion of our podcast but uh it's kind of the controversy corner because kind of want it to be like guys that just act like idiots so i ding dong of the week boom what i kind of came up with i love it if i had like a little ding dong ding or, dong yeah, ding dong <laughs> Uh, so we have, and, and this, this portion of our podcast, um, inspired by the one and only Patrick Reed mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. He's, he's, he's a lightning rod. Yes. And I was really hoping in my heart of hearts this week that we were not going to have to talk about Patrick Reed. I really wanted to avoid it. I hear ya. But I just saw, when did I text you a couple days ago? Mm-hmm. So years ago, I'll just start it off with this. I'll just set <clears throat> set the tone for what listeners might not understand. But years ago, the first one I remember was Craig Stadler knelt underneath a tree to hit his ball and he had to he had to put his knees on the ground and he didn't want to get his pants dirty. <laughs> I get it. So he lays a towel down and kneels on the towel and hits his ball out from underneath the tree, advances it towards the hole. And I can't remember what happened after that. Anyways, this is the that was the beginning, at least for me, of when fans started calling the PGA Tour and saying, hey, that's not right. And then fans basically started having input into rules violations. And I believe Craig Stadler might have been DQ'd for that. 
No, two-stroke penalty. So okay, so they assessed him at the end of the round because maybe somebody improved called, his lie. Somebody called the one eight hundred. He cheated hotline for the PGA <laughs> Tour. They probably posted it in the newspaper that week. That was before the internet. So, several years later, now a couple decades later, we've got a man by the name of Patrick Reed, who I'm not going to get into right now, but. His he has a history. Kicked off a golf team for cheating uh, and stealing. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, wouldn't fit in with their program uh, at Georgia. So Patrick Reed has been in the spotlight several weeks in a row. I was really hoping because he missed the cut. Thank God. Mm. I was really hoping we weren't going to have to talk about Patrick Reed this week in this ding dong of the week corner, but. Come to find out that he has again found himself in controversy. So fans got a video of him and put it all over social media, fiddling with the grass behind his golf ball in the rough on number eight on Friday. It was his 17th hole. So for me, Todd, if I'm going to look at it through a lens of, hey, I don't know that this is Patrick Reed, it looks fairly unassuming. And he only advances the ball 37 yards down towards the hole, right? So... Not a big deal. He made a bogey, missed the cut by one. Uh, what, what I saw was somebody basically moving pieces of leaves. But however, it was Patrick Reed. So instantly my mind goes somewhere else. So I can only assume, since it was him, that he was man- manipulating his lie in some way, shape, or form in order to get the club on the ball, right? So people on social media were defending him, calling out all the haters. But all I have to say is there is a reputation and perception there that he, he he's kind of made his bed and he's got to he's got to lay in it and and through my lens what I think about him is he was manipulating the grass behind the ball. I mean I can go to a, up to my golf ball in the rough right now and I can feel behind it and there's some thicker kind of root systems that if you want to dig down in there and kind of move them around to make it a little bit better for your club to get on the ball. That's cheating. Yep. Now, if you're picking up leaves, kind of pick them up with your fingers, make it obvious that that's all you're doing. But he, he was digging around in there. And, dude, I really, really, really was hoping that we were going to have to talk about him in this first episode of the Ding Dong of the Week. <laughs> he looked like one of the monkeys at the zoo grooming their partner. Yes. He had his fingers <laughs> deep, just deep. And you can't pull a, a single blade of grass out. That's cheating. You can't remove things that are attached. So he's in there going for it. I mean, it was it was dirty. It was like, wow, hello, fingers. And all I can think is when you want to hit a golf ball and know where it's going, you don't want grass between your ball and the face of the club. And he had his dirty knuckles all the way <laughs> behind, just pushing down and pushing down. And it was gross. And no. So, again, I, I love the thought that you're going down. And, and I, we're clearly on the same page. If that would have been Rory or Tiger or Jordan, it wouldn't even be a thought. Hey, they wouldn't have be knuckles deep. Right. I mean, it. If you think there might be a rock or a root, you take one finger not to, like, 
Hey everybody, I'm I'm playing partner. I'm gonna I'm checking to see if there's a root or a rock right here. So I'm just just let you know. He does this shit with probably had his back between him and his playing partner just getting after it. Got yeah. it was vulgar. It was. And 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 <laughs> people out there couldn't call us haters because we are. Yep. <laughs> Boom. I will state that for the fact that yes, there are not many things in this world that I hate. Yeah. But one of them is just unethical, unmoral, just uh, golf game. The game of golf is, is a test of your ethics, to be honest with you, because you do police yourself. And what Patrick Reed did was cheat. Yep. And I have said this, and Todd and I have talked in the past about this, is anytime I see him, I feel like his mindset when he walks up to his next shot is, how can I improve my lie? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, I think, is his mantra. Yeah. And I will be the first to say he is a good golfer. He could win tournaments and do just fine if he didn't do this. He he can play well. I don't like him. I don't have to like him. If the PGA Tour was a was a reality show, you need him. You need Bryson. Because they're fun to talk about. They're controversy. So... He's great in the Ryder Cup. He I mean, is. holy cow. Yeah, he is. That match against uh, uh, Rory. Yeah. Where they were just dropping 37 footers on each other. Like, yeah. it was 10 footers. just yeah. And just pointing fingers. And it was awesome. He, he, is, he is fun to watch. But, man, between him and his caddy. Yeah. You need to have guys like Patrick Reed. But we need to also make sure that they are following the rules and not cheating. I agree. All right, that's enough about Patrick Reed and the Ding Dong Corner. Ding Dong of the Week, whatever we want to call it. So let's get to Picks of the Week, dude. There yeah. You go. Yeah, you're trying. I got to hide them. So I want to explain to people what we've kind of come up with here. So each week that we have a podcast, uh, we're going to make our picks. So we're going to start off. We've got a jar here in the middle of the table between the two of us. We each put in, what did we put in? 10 bucks. Okay, so we're going to alternate picks. I'm going to let Todd go first this week. And we're each going to pick three players. And if our player misses the cut, we owe the jar $2. If they make the cut but fall out of the top 25 or even, if they play, if they place inside the top 25 but outside the top 10, we get a dollar. If they place in the top 10, we get but don't win, we get $2. And if they win, we get the entire jar. Yeah. But this will carry over to the next time. So this jar hopefully will kind of build up over time. Or am I not? We might have to replenish it every time we have a podcast because maybe out of the three players, we might pick a winner. I wouldn't mind <clears throat> like taking a dollar out and what have you. I wouldn't mind just saying putting $10 in. And if you pick the winner, the winner takes all, which could, could build up. It could build up. I kind of like being able to take. I mean, it gives us because then bit more you know play. everybody kind of wins. You yeah. know, you little something, something. But all maybe right. not. Maybe all my three players are going to miss the cut, and I owe it six bucks. <laughs> if your three golfers miss the cut, you got to put in ten dollars, right? Oh, that could be a bonus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna pencil that in. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Penalty. All three. I'm gonna find out a way to cheat on this. I'm gonna call it my friend Patrick Reed. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All three players. Miss cut. Well, and I'll tell you, 
uh, we, it, uh, we owe how much? 10 bucks? Yeah. Okay. This, I think for people that like to gamble, you'll, you'll want to look at our picks. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, go to scoreboard or even lottery. You might want to follow our lead. Because I'm sure I'll be going there myself. Because <clears throat> yeah. I do a lot of research. Yeah, I watch I, a lot of golf. I do too, except for this week. Yeah. All right, so Todd, you got the first pick, dude. Who are you going to pick? I'm going to write it down here. I'll record it. The official recorder here. All right, I'm going to go with the Spaniard, John Rom. Okay. I'm going to take Rory. Mm-hmm. Good one. He wasn't one of my picks. All right, then. I'm going to go with uh, my mom, one of my mom's favorite golfers, Tony Finau. Shout out to Alice. Not a chance. Mm. Top 10. Top 10. Okay. Probably. Colin Morikawa. Yeah, good one. And then one, mine is kind of a dark horse, but not really. I pick him a lot because he seems like a machine. Patrick Cantlay. God, thank God you didn't say Patrick Reed. <laughs> I think that should be just an unofficial rule. We cannot pick Patrick Reed. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like if somebody's feeling it, money's money, and I'll pick him if he win me money. Yeah, I do like that uh, pick. I'm going to go ahead and just pick Bryson. Boom. Yeah, I think see if he can go back to back. I think that's a safe pick. He's he's on it. All right, man, that's awesome. So we got some final thoughts, or at least I do. I got one final thought and cool fun fact. Uh, I know Annika Sorenstam made her first LPGA start uh, on the uh, LPGA tour start since 2008, which I didn't even realize. Wow, been gone that many years. Yeah, she made the cut and. Something cool I saw about it was the fact that in her career, she's played in 308 events. She's made 299 cuts. It's a 97.1 percentage. I mean, that's unreal. Incredible golfer during her, you know, thought she left too early, like Ochoa. Right. Right. Two females that were at the top of their game and said, nah, I'm good. I'm going to start a family. Yeah. Um, Annika makes my butt itch. Uh, she, she's been great for the game of golf. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah. you know, she did show up at, uh, uh, the day after the insurrection oh. this year and accepted the medal of freedom with her oh, and Gary right. player. Right. Right. Hello. Gary player. Hello. Like a, uh, can, can we postpone this? Like maybe do it next week or something. Yeah, right. Come on. Yeah. So anyways, do you have any, f- uh, final thoughts, Todd? It's okay if you don't. Well, you know what? I don't. Sounds amazing, dude. This has been, I think, really good. I, uh, we're going to be back next week after the players, kind of do re- a recap and a review of the players and maybe kind of just talk more about just some cool stuff. So thanks for listening. Be good to each other. Get vaccinated. And everyone have a great week. Except for Patrick Reed. <laughs>